0: welcome everybody to episode 63 of the true podcast um and this is the show where you get all your latest tech news so stick around uh i do have some really exciting projects coming in the near future so stay tuned for that i'm going to be doing a lot of reviews um Company is gonna be sending me some products, so just stick around on the show. Um, but today, we're gonna to be talking about so many stories. Uh, Thus, the, the most important story of today is the OnePlus 9 series. Um, that's gonna be later on in the show. Um, but before we start this episode, uh, let's talk about today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is you. You can help support the show at merch.streamelements.com Slash Jalen Man to help the show and support the show by buying merch, um, True Tech merch. So go check it out. Merch.streamelements.com slash Jalen Man. Um, before we start, I just got to say it's going to be a really long episode since there's so many stories, so many phones came out this week. So let's just dive right in. All right. So for our first story today, uh, let's just start it off with Sony's ps5 vr controllers uh that they just announced um and these are going to be compatible with the ps5 um before you're listening to this so uh it's probably been a week since they released these um the orb-shaped controllers do look kind of like typical vr controllers that are existing right now and they look pretty similar to the playstation move motion controllers Uh, with the same adaptive trigger technology found on the DualSense PS5 controller. And each controller has tensions in the triggers, and Sony is aiming to use this tech in future VR games. And the controllers also have haptic feedback, which will just make it more immersive when you're playing your VR games, and will uh, feature finger-touch detection um, that will let your fingers press areas without you needing to uh do anything just rest your thumb index or middle fingers so naturally these controllers would also include tracking to sony's new vr headset via a ring at the bottom of the controller these certainly look far improved over what's currently available on the ps move controllers with especially beggar better ergonomics as well sony hasn't shown off the design of its next-gen VR headset for the PS5 just yet, but seeing this controller will just bring so many possibilities to what the PS5 can do with VR. Um, I, I really think this is an exciting product for anyone who has a PS5 looking to play. Just expand what games they can play and do VR on your console that you already have, which is pretty cool. All right, for our next story, it's about Samsung skipping the Note. Uh, I think I'm a bit late to the story. Um, but Samsung did say it's going to skip the Galaxy Note this year due to some um, shortages. And they did, I think they talked about this um, during their event. Uh, but it's just kind of a thing to think about since we're not going to be seeing these um I don't think they're completely getting canceled, like they said, like people are saying in the leaks, but uh, there's certainly not going to be, most likely not going to be a Note this year, um, which is kind of disappointing, because I always look forward to uh, more phone releases from Samsung, just like the Note. Okay, so, uh, let's talk about the Oppo x 2021 rollable smartphone which is more of a concept rather than an actual phone Um, so if you've been sticking around to the latest news you probably already heard the story Uh, but this is just oppo's concept which is a device that will let you extend the screen size as part of the display when it's rolled up in the body of the phone and can unravel when you want It's a pretty futuristic kind of design and concept, Um, and one no commercially available smartphone has right now, which is just amazing technology that I would really like to see in some future smartphones. And this is just a pretty cool looking device, more futuristic than some of the folding phones we have. Uh, And also, it has some benefits like no crease. Uh, It's supposed to be thinner than some of the folding phones. And there's a lack of just um, some of the downsides you'd be getting. It'll be similar to uh, the same aspect ratio or any aspect ratio you want. Uh, From like um, your regular daily flagship phones Well, with that 16 by 9 aspect ratio, you could just change the aspect ratio up as you want and change the screen size as you want it as well. So let's say you're playing a game, you want that extra horizontal uh, real estate, then you can just stretch it out all the way. Or if you're just looking at photos that uh, is like a 4 by 3 aspect ratio, then you're probably going to want to um, go in the middle and it'll just make it seem more seamless. Or if you just want a smaller phone, you can do that. And I really think this concept allows us to imagine what the future has with rollable phones since this is such a new technology and i'm i i really love how oppo is just trying these new things out all right for our next story today it's it's about uh the oneplus watch um a few days ago march 23rd so if you're listening to this on march 26th then that's a few days ago three days ago Uh, During their OnePlus 9 series launch, OnePlus did talk about their OnePlus smartwatch, which is a sub-200 wearable with so much to offer. And this can kind of compete with uh, the Samsung Galaxy uh, Watch, or even the Active 3, and possibly the Apple Watch. And this is just uh, OnePlus's first attempt to making a fitness wearable, the OnePlus Band. Um, I guess that's the naming for it, uh, because it didn't really impress us too much compared to some of the other smartwatches. Uh, so this does come at a pretty attractive price point at 159 compared to something like the Galaxy watches out there, which start around three hundred dollars to four hundred dollars, and the Apple Watch starts at uh, two seventy for the Apple Watch SE, um, and the Series Six goes all the way up to starts at three hundred dollars, uh with discounts. Um, but this is really exciting for OnePlus since they're really building their ecosystem now, and this company is really. Developing into a mainstream more a a bigger company with uh, More uh, Areas hit not only with smartphones and they're not such a niche company anymore They're going out into the open world and just putting out all their products similar to What Samsung Apple having so many products is? Just going to allow you to grow your audience in size because you have so many options for them to choose And that's, this is just what the OnePlus Band is expanding upon. It's really impressive, honestly. Uh, But like I said, it does start at a price of $159. And, I mean, that's a really attractive price point. Uh, And the design, if you haven't seen it already, it looks similar to a galaxy watch active two, since it doesn't it's not too bulky uh and it does look pretty futuristic circlish design with two buttons on the side um i'm not sure if it has a real ro- um uh, a rotating bezel to control your watch but um it does look really nice so maybe it can compete with the galaxy watch we're not sure so far but um when i do get my hands on this or if i don't then i'll let you know in a future episode whether it can compete with some of the other watches smartwatches out there because it does have some pretty good value for specs so the oneplus watch is a 1.39 inch 326 pixels per inch, which is an AMOLED display covered with 2.5D curved glass. It sits within a 46 millimeter case made of stainless steel. So this is a pretty large watch um, and that's it might be something to think about, especially if you have some small wrists. Um, it does have a subtle glossy pattern on this display bezel for added design aesthetics. Under the hood, the OnePlus watch does come with built-in GPS and four gigs of storage, of which only two gigs is available for actual use. And OnePlus says that you can easily pack 500 songs in that much space for listening to music on the go. And um, if you think about it, it's not too many songs because uh, Apple does have a 16 gig. I think all their watches now come in either eight or 16 gigs of storage. And compared to uh, what... the OnePlus Watch compared to the Apple Apple Watch, that's not a lot of storage. The Apple Watch has double or even four times the storage of the OnePlus Watch. So it's just something to keep in mind that it doesn't have too much storage. So you can't really put too much onto the watch. And you can also use it to control a OnePlus TV remotely to lower the volume when a call comes or even turn off the TV when you fall asleep. Um, similar to the Apple Watch being able to control the Apple TV. And for software, OnePlus is using a real-time operation system, RTOS, much like what we've seen on Amazfit watches. Um, this means that you can not get too much support for third-party apps, um, and the interface is also much more simpler than you what you'd find on Wear OS watches. And it has a 402 milliamp hour battery, uh, which gives you an advertise of 2 weeks of battery life which is amazing for smartwatches and OnePlus claims uh if you're a power user you sh- you would still get at least a week of power before needing to recharge the watch and that's incredible compared to some of the uh compa- um the competition out there like the Apple Watch only lasts 1 to 2 days uh the Galaxy Watch only lasts around 3 to four days or even two days um and this watch goes all the way up to two weeks that's incredible um and if you want a smartwatch that has great battery life then i check this one out especially if you have a one plus device a phone i would get the one plus watch since it it just integrates so easily with the phones just like how the apple watch integrates with iphones this co- this integrates so easily with one plus devices so I overall, I think that this watch, the OnePlus band, is just going to enable the ecosystem for OnePlus and enable OnePlus to be a bigger company, allow such a more of an audience for their devices and products. So, props to OnePlus for creating this product. A lot of people were waiting for this, so um, it's going to get a lot of attention. Alright, for our main story of today, the OnePlus 9 Series. Uh, It's probably what you came here for, just uh, to talk about the OnePlus 9 Series and how it's such a unique kind of phone compared to its competition. Um, And I I really think that uh, OnePlus is starting to get a lot of traction and attention since this phone was leaked so heavily compared to... Some of their other phones and just had a lot of hype. Um, The OnePlus 9 Pro is a legitimate flagship because back then, if you didn't know, OnePlus used to be more of like a lower-end budget phone company that just tried to aim to be a flagship killer. Uh, But now, they really became the flagships themselves. So, if you live in the US or if you're trying to buy an Android phone, chances are that you'll end up with a Samsung Galaxy phone. Samsung has carrier relationships, quality, and marketing that have led directly to market share. LG, Motorola, and even Google sell more phones than OnePlus. But after nearly seven years and dozens of phones, OnePlus has established itself as a brand that you can pretty much get great phones and are seriously alternatives to the mainstream the 969 oneplus 9 pro achieves that goal with only a handful of notable compromises oneplus's flagship phones always come with a laundry list of of top-of-the-line specs has an amazing display almost everything you could name but the only thing that they didn't really nail too much was the camera system let's so let's see if oneplus really did improve on the cameras. So the hardware design on the OnePlus 9 Pro is a really seamless design, elegant phone um, that has a really uh, beautiful display with this glossy finish on the back. Um, And it does have a hole punch on the top or uh, left hand side of the display. And starting with the OnePlus 8 series, I think that was the year where their cameras started to get better, and it's it's where OnePlus decided to focus more on the cameras and just build on camera quality, um, and OnePlus has taken that to another level with the OnePlus Nine. Um, but yeah, so this has an aluminum aluminum rail on the edges with no seams at all so it just goes for a really seamless design and the glass is either glossy or matte depending on uh, which color you get so just note that I'm talking about the OnePlus 9 Pro right now uh, we're, we're gonna be talking about the OnePlus 9 after we talk about the OnePlus 9 Pro so it's also the sp- sp- spinning image of a Galaxy S20 Plus if you look at them side by side Uh, Shift a couple buttons around, move the selfie camera to the middle, swap out the logo, and you kind of have the same design. I mean, there's not too many ways you can make a smartphone look so different anymore since you're just combining two sheets of glass. And to be fair, OnePlus does keep some of its identity in the three-stage ringer switch, which easily lets you toggle between a ringer vibration and fully silent. It may still be my favorite feature on OnePlus phones since it's exclusive to OnePlus and is so convenient to have, especially uh, when you're using the phone. And speaking of vibrations, um, the haptics on the OnePlus 9 Pro aren't too sloppy at all, unlike many Android phones with the light buzzing that we don't really like. Unfortunately, the trade-off here is that it doesn't get as powerful as some of the other vibrators, but it does have a nice kind of punch to the vibrations. And the OnePlus 9 Pro has the top tier Qualcomm Snapdragon 888 processor, which is paired with 8 gigs of RAM on the 12, 128 gigs model. Um, and it does go all the way up to 12 gigs at 256 gigs of storage and it does support both sub 6 and millimeter wave styles of 5g but there's a significant caveat the phone supports it but oneplus has only managed to land 5g certification with its carrier partner t-mobile and if you have something like verizon then uh, you can't really get it from them for now it's only on t-mobile and if you buy it unlocked it will only work with T-Mobile's 5G network and not Verizon's or AT&T's. So it's just something to keep in mind. So for the OnePlus, the standout spec is usually the charging technology. There's a 65-watt charger included in the box, which is incredible. It charges almost four uh, four times the speed compared to some of the iPhones out there. So if you do like fast charging uh, wirelessly, then you can spend $70 on an additional OnePlus Warp Charge 50 wireless charger, which enables you to charge your phone at 50 watts wirelessly, which is incredible. That charges faster than Samsung's wired charger or even Apple's wired charger. Um, so it charges at 25 watts, but since the battery is split, it's essentially the same as charging at 50 watts wirelessly. It also works if you set the phone on the charger in landscape mode. With the phone fully dead, it charged completely in 45 minutes on this wireless charger. And, uh, with the regular wire, wire charging, you can charge it up to 29 minutes from 1 to 100, which is incredible. Um... Also, uh, it has a 4500 hour battery, which is enough to get almost anyone through a full day of moderate usage. So it does provide a good amount of specs in the battery department. All right, let's talk a little bit about OnePlus's OnePlus 9 Pro screen. After wireless charging, the next standout spec on the OnePlus 9 Pro is that 6.7 inch beautiful display. Like Samsung, OnePlus has switched over to an LTPO style of um, OLED which can be more power efficient and allows the company to have more control over the refresh rate. The screen can go all the way from 120hz all the way down to 1hz depending on what's happening on the display. OnePlus has branded the touch response rate on the screen as HyperTouch clocked at 360hz for certain games and for context, the Rog Phone Five can all only go up to uh, three hundred hertz touch sample. So this is actually a tier above uh, Rog. Um, and what's even more impressive is that fourteen forty p display, which is Quad HD, Quad HD Plus, and it has four hundred twenty five pixels per inch, which is really sharp and you can leave it at high re- resolution and have it at high res- refresh rate at the same time. So it's going to be a really good performer on the display whether you're playing games or just um, watching videos. It's going to look amazing. And those are the specs on the screen but it's the experience that matters. And again, I think OnePlus has really done a great job. Something. About the tuning of the animations in Oxygen OS just makes it so much smoother compared to something like One UI 3.1 or even uh, Color OS. And for the cameras, without going into too much of the history, I will just point out that until very recently, camera quality has been a main downfall for OnePlus phones, just like I said in the beginning. It's a particularly bad way to fall down too because often the clearest and simplest way to compare photos compare phones that otherwise look and perform nearly equivalently is to look at the photos they take and that was just oneplus's downside to most of their phones but i think this year they did put a focus on this oneplus knows all of this, and wants to position the OnePlus 9 Pro as a heads-up competitor, or at least a good alternative compared to some of the other phones, like Samsung's and even Apple's cameras. And they're, they did a lot of uh, things to improve the cameras. And one of them is that they partnered up with Hasselblad. So this is kind of exciting at first but then it's like more of a marketing gimmick so if you're not too sure who Hasselblad is or what Hasselblad is it's a camera company that has been really famous for taking some of those moon photos you've seen um on the first Apollo mission and has been around for quite some time and has a lot of experience with taking photos um and they, they make all sorts of really high-end cameras for photography. And Hasselblad is now partnering up, partnering up with OnePlus to improve its camera results. And it, it will be a multi-year effort, and it's far from guaranteed it'll be a really good partnership. In fact, most of these sorts of deals don't really do anything notable when it comes to camera quality. So we're going to have to test that out more before I can even say that Hasselblad's participation with OnePlus has done anything. But they did add a few things that you can tell when comparing it to the OnePlus 8 Pro. And one of them is better color science. Hasselblad helped OnePlus with the color science on their phones to be more accurate and just more natural compared to its predecessor and compared to some of the other phones. And you know how sometimes uh, some some phones do have a look to their cameras? Well, like how Apple's phones are usually more natural and a little bit warm. And how Samsung's phones are vibrant and kind of punchy. Well, OnePlus has added their... OnePlus now has kind of their own look for their cameras. They now have a sort of a... A uh, bright, neutral-looking uh, photo that doesn't overexpose or uh, do too much saturation to the photo. It's it's just more it it has its own look now, and I think that's more of a good thing than a bad thing. Since now it's kind of reliable, the camera is more consistent for all the images you take, which is a good thing. Um. And the OnePlus 9 Pro's image is, I, I, w- I wouldn't say it's better than the Samsung Galaxy S21 series or the iPhones out there, but they do get really close compared to uh, their older phones, which is really good thing since it's an improvement. But compared to the uh, competitors out there, the competition, it doesn't, reach above them and uh really compete with them too much but it is getting there so as with usual smartphone cameras i think the difference really comes from software and how uh it kind of tweaks it after you take the photo and um apple and samsung do do a really good job when processing the photos after you take them but oneplus has to has to get there so some of the things to note with the OnePlus 9 Pro is that it has a 48 megapixel Sony sensor, the new one, which is the 798 sensor, which has OIS, and it is able to shoot up to 8K and 12-bit raw images. And it's all nice, but um, there's also a pro mode on this phone, which is uh, allows you to see what's in focus. Uh, it's just a really clean, complex interface that uh, Hasselblad has. And something to note is that they made the shutter button orange similar to Hasselblad's uh, shutter buttons. And OnePlus 9 Pro has really improved the ultra wide camera on this phone because it does have a 50 megapixel ultra wide sensor that looks a lot nicer compared to uh, the OnePlus 8 Pro. And the telephoto camera is a 3.3x zoom, which is nothing too special compared to the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra since it does have its periscope style lens as well as a 4x zoom lens. And there's also a monochrome camera that serves only as a helper for the rest of the system, but um, I don't think that it's a really something so important to have on a smartphone and i think they could have saved on their price or even added uh, another zoom camera instead of adding this monochrome sensor and OnePlus's software focused nightscape mode works really good for capturing night mode shots um, and it does brighten up the image quite a bit unfortunately the video is i would say it's it's not as good as the competition But they did improve it compared to the OnePlus 8 series. So the OnePlus 9 Pro will let you shoot at 8K 30, 4K 120. Uh, And it does look quite a bit better than some of its older videos that they took with the OnePlus 8. Um, It does have improved HDR for backlit subjects, but the effect is barely there. You could barely tell that HDR is on. And that's a whole pile of critical takes compared to phones that cost more than this phone. But despite the price difference, I think that OnePlus 9 Pro's camera should be held to as a high standard as possible. It's a flagship phone. And when you're at this level of price point, I really think that there should be as little uh, caveats and downsides compared to um, their older phones since those were cheaper. There was an exception, but right now there isn't an exception since this price is such is at a pretty high price point, and we have to expect more of OnePlus right now since their phones are getting pricey. Alright, let's move on to the OnePlus 9. I don't want to dive too much into this phone since we did talk about the 9 Pro. But uh this this phone has the um sensor, the main sensor um as in the OnePlus 8 Pro um the Sony IMX I believe 698 um which is a good camera decent but it isn't as good as the OnePlus 9 Pro. It is uh it also has the same 50 megapixel ultra wide sensor as well as the monochrome sensor just like uh, last year Um, the OnePlus 9 however doesn't have that telephoto lens so you're just gonna be digitally zooming in on subjects or things you're taking so it's not gonna have that crisp y- zoom that you would find in the OnePlus 9 Pro also I forgot to uh, note the pricing of these phones the OnePlus 9 Pro starts at $969 if you're in the US and goes all the way up to $1069 for the 12 gigs 256 gigs variant. And again, I know if you've followed OnePlus for a long time, you know that their phones used to be pre- at a really affordable price point and were flagship killers. But now it is pretty pricey to get a high-end OnePlus device since it does reach $1000. And this is where the OnePlus 9 comes in since it is so much of a better value compared to the OnePlus 9 Pro since it does cost $749 which I think is a really impressive price point considering what it comes with. So again, it comes with a Snapdragon 888 5G it's the same some of the same camera systems, uh, a nice display, 1080p 120 Hz display. Um it Something to know, it does have a flat display, which is something I would prefer because you, you probably wouldn't want those accidental touches when using the phone, since the OnePlus 9 Pro does come with a curved display. But there really isn't too much of a difference compared to these two phones, which is why I think this phone has really good value at a price of $749. And if you really wouldn't mind the... Um, the, the lack of that telephoto camera, then I would say go get the OnePlus 9 since it does have so much value at the $749 price point. All right, let's talk about the OnePlus 9R because that's something OnePlus released kind of secretly and they didn't put too much buzz around this phone. Um, and this phone does come at a pretty attractive price point at $550. The OnePlus 9R doesn't include the Hasselblad branded cameras on the 9 and 9 Pro, which isn't actually a big loss since the Hasselblad kind of branding didn't really do too much. The, the OnePlus 9 and 9 Pro offer newer hardware with features like bigger pixels and a higher res ultra wide, so you do miss out on some of those nice upgrades. But the Hasselblad developed color tuning is nothing too special. You do have however get a stabilized 48 megapixel main camera which helps reduce blur from camera shake in lower lighting conditions and unfortunately it is missing from the OnePlus 9. So you do have a bit of an advantage uh with the OnePlus 9R. Other cameras on the 9R include a 16 megapixel ultrawide, 5 megapixel macro and a 2 megapixel monochrome sensor. This system is borrowed from the OnePlus 8T which is wholly capable of a good image quality even though its macro and monochrome cameras aren't really too useful. There is a 6.55 inch 1080p OLED with a fast 120 hertz refresh rate similar to the OnePlus 9 and has a Snapdragon 870 processor which isn't the highest end um, with either tw- 8 or 12 gigs of RAM. It's not as quite as powerful as the top notch 888 processor on the 9N9 Pro, but it should be more equipped um, and more powerful than some of the other budget phones at this price point. The 9R is equipped with a 4500mAh battery with 65 watt fast wired charging a handy OnePlus signature feature that delivers a full charge in under 40 minutes just like we said before um, and wireless charging however isn't offered but at this price point i mean i wouldn't be too worried about wireless charging i really think that this phone is going to open up a lot of possibilities um and uh, again this this phone is only available in india for now at a price of 550 dollars and it's good how OnePlus does focus a little bit more on the budget side of their phones, since they do release some flagships now. And I think it's really good that they do think about the budget phones. So for our next story, it's about the Xiaomi Poco X3 Pro. And this phone is was announced on March 22nd, 2021. And... By the time you're listening to this episode, this phone would be available. Um, So the dimensions of this phone is around 6.51 to 3.02 to uh, 0.37 inches. And it weighs 250 grams, which is pretty comparable to some of the other flagships out there. And keep in mind, this phone is at a price of around $200, which is really impressive since it does come with a lot of these flagship specs. And it does have Gorilla Glass 6 and a plastic back. Um, It has hybrid dual SIM and IP53 dust and splash protection, which will enable you to be able to go underwater um, as well as just splash it um, here and there uh, which is something you really don't see in budget phones which is r- really impressive for a phone at a price of $220 again this is $220 so don't ex- expect too much on the display side it is LCD um, however it does feature the 120 Hertz refresh rate just like in some of those higher-end flagship phones and it has HDR10 and 450 nits of brightness. Um, this, it does have a 6.67 inch display, um, which is 1080p at a 29, 20 by 9 aspect ratio, uh, which is 395 pixels per inch. So it's not the highest end display, but it's something really good for the price point of $200. and since it does, since this phone does come from Poco um, it does run MIUI 12 uh, which is a skin on Android 11 and so something important for this phone is that it does run the Snapdragon 860 which is a 7 nanometer process and it has an octa-core system with the Cairo 485 um, and the Adreno 640 for the GPU And this does feature the micro SE card slot. Um, And for the internal storage, it is 128 gigs with six gigs of RAM or 256 gigs of storage with eight gigs of RAM. And it has UFS 3.1 storage, which which is the highest end storage right now. So it'll feel really snappy and just really nice to use. So for the camera setup on here, it has a 48 megapixel F1. 1.8 wide Uh, it has a 8 megapixel f 2.2 ultra wide which is at a degree of 119 2 megapixel macro and 2 megapixel depth sensor and some features of this phone is a dual led flash hdr and panorama and it can shoot at 4k 30 1080p of all the way up to 120 fps and 700 7 p at 960 FPS which also has gyro EIS which is not as impressive as OIS that you would find on some of the high-end phones and this does come with a headphone jack which is always nice to see which can go all the way up to 24-bit 192 kHz audio. Um, It does have Wi-Fi Wi-Fi 6 and uh, has Bluetooth 5.0 and there is NFC on here, as well as a um, IR sensor, which you can turn on and off your TV. But it's nothing too competitive for uh, the flagship phones. But if you really think about the price point of this device and what is coming for with this phone, I think that this is going to just attract a lot of attention, especially for people looking for budget phones. All right, let's move on to our next story, and it's about Microsoft in talks with Discord over the 10 billion plus acquisition. So this is kind of a big story since Discord is used globally uh, for many people and this would be a big acquisition for Microsoft since I, I, I really don't think Microsoft should purchase Discord since they might change things up a little, a little bit and i really think that discord is amazing how it is and i'm not sure how microsoft would do uh would do a good job um maintaining discord but discord has about 140 million monthly users and it made 130 million dollars in revenue last year and the wall street journal reported recently reported though the company isn't yet profitable. Its last valuation was $7 billion after a funding round in December that generated 100 million. Discord software is free for most users, but the company makes money through the Nitro subscriptions that offer more advanced features like higher resolution, screen sharing, extra sticker packs, and larger upload limits. And Microsoft um, taking over Discord might be might affect a lot of people and I don't know if this is a good thing Um, but we'll just have to see all right let's move on to our next story which is about the vivo x60 pro and I know there is the vivo x60 but for now I'm just going to be talking about the vivo x60 pro since this episode is getting a bit long uh the vivo x60 pro has some ups and downs um, the company swapped out the Exynos 1080 chipset for a Snapdragon 870, which some will see as an improvement, but it also took away the Periscope lens. The camera still features a 48 megapixel main sensor with a very bright f1.5 aperture. The unique gimbal system it provides Im- improvements on stability over typical OIS and enables a new trick. First, pixel shift technology on a smartphone. This will significantly improve the per, um, pixel per d- detail and the color accuracy of images. And uh, also, Zeiss branded lenses are backed with a touch of software magic to recreate the trademark swirl of Zeiss Biotar Boca. This version of the phone also maintains a 13-megapixel ultrawide camera with a 120 field uh, of view. And the other 13-megapixel camera on board has a telephoto lens with a 2x magnification. And that is all the optical zoom you're really going to be getting on the International x sixty Pro. And the 5x periscope lens on the Chinese version is gone. And the rest is as before, the 656 Uh, inch display was co-developed by Vivo and Qualcomm but it's an AMOLED panel with 120hz refresh rate and a 240hz touch sampling rate and the resolution is 1080p plus the display has an HDR10 plus certification uh, which can display some of that HDR content that you would really love seeing on Netflix and the phone also boasts a high-res audio certificate but with a single speaker and no 3.5 mm headphone jack, you'll have to use the supplied USB-C to a 3.5 adapter for a Bluetooth headset. Speaking of connectivity, the USB-C port is barred for 2.0 speeds. The phone has two SIM slots with 5G dual standby, and there is no micro SD card slot, but the XCC Pro is configured with 256 storage ufs 3.1 um and also has 12 gigs of ram and right now the snapdragon 870 70 is pretty new and it's the first time any of us are seeing uh, this chipset on this phone so uh we're gonna have to wait a little longer to see how this performs on this phone and the battery is unchanged it is at a capacity of 4 4200 4, milliamp hours and supports 33 watt fast charging with the supplied power adapter. And this phone is just, I guess, uh, a, a mid range type of phone um, that uh, Vivo put out. Um, and I guess if you're looking for a mid range phone, this wouldn't be a terrible option. But let's talk about some of the pricing. The Vivo X60 Pro is on pre-order at $800, while the Vanilla X60 is at a price of $655. I mean, it's not a kind of a mid-range. I think it's more of a higher-end mid-range phone, since it is at a price of $800, and I don't know if that's a reasonable price. That's a pretty steep premium, even for the Pro. And I don't know if you should consider this phone yet. I'd say wait for more reviews and see if the chipset is powerful enough or if the cameras are really that good. But for now, I'd wait it out. All right, let's talk about the Black Shark 4, which is a high-end gaming phone that doesn't really look like one. So Xiaomi did release the Black Shark brand, um, which is... uh, black shark 4 and black shark 4 pro and if you didn't know this is a set of gaming phones that xiaomi puts out and it's pretty impressive so these phones do improve on the previous series in most of the ways that you would expect uh, them to the black shark 4 and has the Snapdragon 888 um, as well as the 4 pro both phones also come with fast LPDDR5 RAM and UFS 3.1 storage though each will come in different configurations. The Black Shark 4 starts with 6 gigs of RAM and 128 gigs of storage for $383. I think that's a pretty solid deal. While the 4 Pro starts uh at $613 and has 8 gigs of RAM with 256 gigs of storage. And honestly, I think that this is a really good price point compared to some of the other gaming phones like the ROG Phone 5 that starts around $1,000. As is almost a given in the realm of gaming phones, Black Shark has leapfrogged Asus and Red Magic some of its biggest competition in the niche gaming phone space when it comes to touch sampling rate or how many times a display can register a touch. Both the Black Shark 4 and 4 Pro have a 720Hz touch sampling rate, and that is a huge deal since it's going to feel so snappy, so smooth, because some of the competition only goes up to 300, 240Hz touch sampling rate, and this is such a huge improvement uh, that the Black Shark 4 and 4 Pro came with. and only has a 8.3 millisecond touch delay, which it claims to be the industry best. This spec likely won't make a difference in most people's day-to-day usage of these phones, but some hardcore gamers might care. Both phones have the mechanical shoulder buttons introduced in the previous Black Shark phones, though the company claims it has improved their look and feel with magnetic power lift tech, making them feel more tactile to the click as well as fitting more seamlessly into the phone's design. And speaking on the look of these new phones, they're they're decidedly more attractive than the previous models. In addition to shoulder buttons, these phones still have a pressure sensitive display that, I mean, I think that was a pretty big feature and with shoulder buttons and a screen like this you can remap the controls of a mobile game to be a little bit more comfortable for your situation unlike last year's model the black shark 4 and 4 pro have displays that are around the same size they both have 6.67 inch oled screens with a 144 hertz refresh rate like the asus rog phone 5 ultimate Uh, That recently came out these phones have dual front-facing speakers with claims that they have good spatial audio separation Um, I don't know how they'll compare with the Asus phone But black shark announced that a fan accessory called the fan the fun cooler 2 pro can be attached to keep it cooler Which is really similar to the ROG phones? uh, cooler as well and That will be a price of $30 and for now. We're not really sure when this phone uh, will launch, but uh, Xiaomi did announce this phone. Alright for our next story, I want to talk about the Vivo X60 Pro Plus. And I know I just talked about the Vivo X60 Pro, but this phone is also really interesting. So Vivo has announced just its international flagship phones recently, the X60 series. And that includes the X60 Pro Plus, which is coming for us to India. Um, and will come into other markets in like in china uh vivo's main focus with the x60 series is primarily the cameras the company has started a new partnership with zeiss that it says includes the use of optical coating and swirly bokeh simulation based on the lens makers classic biotar design These kinds of collaborations tend to be more marketing hype than genuine selling points, but the X60 Pro Plus formidable camera bump at least looks the part. And recently, a lot of companies, phone companies have been partnering with camera companies, so I guess this is just another one. So whether Zeiss had anything to do with it or not, the X60 Pro Plus has some impressively versatile camera hardware. Its quad camera setup consists of a 50-megapixel Samsung GN1 primary sensor, a 48-megapixel ultra-wide with Vivo's gimbal-style stabilization, a 32-megapixel 2x telephoto, and an 8x megapixel 5x periscope telephoto, as well as a 32-megapixel selfie camera. So, on paper, it really is impressive. The rest of the X60 Pro Plus spec sheet is suitably flagship level it has a qualcomm snapdragon 888 processor and comes in a single blue vegan leather model with 128 gigs of ram and 256 gigs of storage the display is a 6.56 inch 1080p oled panel with a 120 hertz refresh rate and the battery size is 4200 milliamp hours and fast charges at up to 55 watts although there is no wireless charging So most of the specs on this phone is extremely impressive and similar to most other flagships out there. And the X60 Pro Plus will cost around $960 in India and um, will cost $580 uh, internationally. And pre-orders begin today on and will be available on April 2nd so go check out this phone because it is a really exciting flagship device that has some cool gimbal like cameras um, as well as some other cool nifty tricks out of the box all right everybody let's get to our last story for today and it's about the realme 8 pro And this phone is actually a really exciting phone, since it provides a lot of value, and more value than you'd really expect from a lower-end, 280-euro phone. So, officially, this is from Realme, um, and this is not just from Leaks, because they announced it publicly, Realme themselves, um, and this phone will be launching on... March 31st, so it will be coming soon. And it has, it's a pretty budget device and it has a 108 megapixel Samsung ISOCell sensor on its main camera. And while similar high-res sensors have been more common in pricier phones like the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra, this chip is designed for lower cost devices like the 8 Pro. This 108 megapixel chip isn't the same one used in the S21 Ultra or even last year's S20 Ultra. It's a smaller sensor, a 1 over 1.52 inch versus 1 over 1.33 inch, which is slightly smaller. Um, However, it uses the same binning approach to improve light gathering abilities by combining neighboring pixels into a less noisy 12 megapixel image. While you might not get the same kind of performance as the s21 ultra or s20 ultra you'll certainly will get some of those benefits of having a 108 megapixel sensor and the realme 8 pro offers a 6.4 inch oled screen a snapdragon 720g processor which is respectable at this price point and it also has 8 gigs of ram 128 gigs of storage and a 4500 milliamp hour battery that does support fast 50 watt dark charging and the back of the device which comes in blue and black variants features some intense realme branding with the company's dare to leap slogan in large fluorescent lettering that the company claims glows in the dark realme also says the design will appeal to a new generation of young users which will have to take its word for and this phone will be at around a price of 280 euros or three hundred eighty dollars all right everybody what do you guys think about this format of the podcast and this is actually the longest episode of true tech it's around it might reach an hour actually uh but right now it's at 55 minutes so that's pretty impressive um and uh don't forget check out the merch merch.stream elements.com as well thanks for listening peace